0: The time Tuesday of an avaricious man lost in their lust for power, baby. Nope. So Here they come again. Another they day flag, in the light. Smile, night in the light. distract from the truth. People like Earth. for the lies the the so I often reflect of free... on this idea that when you have what you need, you're wealthy. And people very often don't quite understand that. And so they say things like, well, what if you needed this? And if um, you don't have something that you feel you need, you may then, if you want to consider yourself not wealthy, you can. Or you can also realize that being wealthy isn't the most important thing. Having what you need is. So therefore, there's this old Chinese proverb about if you want to be rich, lower your standards. And so if you find that you don't have what you think you need at the time, and you even if you've acclimated yourself to this idea and and become very comfortable with the idea that, well, I I have what I need. I may not be living in opulence and a palace and all that, but I have what I need. So you got that down, but then for whatever reason, whatever circumstance you might find, you don't have something you need. But you can remember then that if you want to be wealthy, lower your standards. And so the idea is obviously, of course, to learn how to be grateful for what we have and how to be comfortable with it and how not to let the having or not having of some material thing and material can affect a lot of things we'll be talking about that tonight what is material and what is consciousness so we are you know invited to consider the transitoriness of life ever more these days and i'm going to take a look i'm going to try to uh let's see oops i need i'm going to need host sharing that's what i'm going to need uh screen sharing actually is what i'm going to need let me see if i can do it so i'm going to need screen sharing capabilities here uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at something that i included a little bit in oops you're of that in the blog so I'm going to click over to that in a moment so that you can see it as well. And the purpose of of clicking onto this, this uh, bit of image, imagery, um, and hopefully you can see this screen. I'm going to assume you can, unless I get informed that you can't. What we're going to look at here, and if you're not seeing this, I know that the producer will let me know. And I'll assume that you are absent that correction, we are looking at storms and flooding in Italy. We're looking at things that have been going on very recently. So we talk about the transitoriness of life and the material world. Well, my goodness, uh, if we're not to focus on the material world, what are we to focus on? Well, of course, we have to give due attention to this material world and all of its manifestations. But as Billy Meyer has said, the meaning of life is the evolution of consciousness. Now, if any of the folks in this video could hear that, they'd probably say, easy for you to say. We're being flooded out. Our homes are being blown away. Our businesses are destroyed. The the roads, the infrastructure here, this is all... Believe just about all that's from Sicily, and of course, human beings when when they are uh, in the presence of or confronted by phenomena of any sort, especially hyper realistic, they pull out their cell phones. And I guess we could be grateful now, since these folks—unlikely mm, that they were sitting around with, uh, you know, high quality movie cameras waiting to film something to put it on mm-hmm. the news. And however they get, look at this. I mean, you see that this is an extreme situation as far as those of us in the world who are not facing it. And yet, what is the point of showing this? Well, one of the points of showing it is to say that this is somewhere that is the present reality for people who before this phenomenon descended upon them were not experiencing this. Now, were they warned about it? Was there any warning possible for this? We're not speaking right now actually about an earthquake. We're speaking about phenomenal storms, the sea coming in and flowing over everything. We saw footage like this in the past, when those terrible tsunamis were, you know, coming through, what, Indonesia and Japan and all. So here we are in Sicily, and people are just finding everything being blown around and destroyed. As you know, just watch this, you'll see trees being blown right out of the ground. Now, we have been warned for decades, by a man named Billy Meyer. He started publishing most of his environmental warnings, not all, but most of them, in 1951. And he spoke about the increased frequency and intensity of all forms of storms and floods, blizzards, as well as the earthquakes and seaquakes that would be befalling our world and its inhabitants, humankind and all creatures. And... It's true that, there it is, tree being literally uprooted by the winds. Another one will go in a moment. There it is. It's true that the majority of the world never get a chance to read those. Or we could say also that many people who had the chance weren't interested, neglected, dismissed, laughed at, scoffed about. The increased frequency and intensity. Look at this. Here it goes of storms, floods, blizzards, hurricanes, etc. So why would we dwell on, why would we play this video for a while? Because this scene or comparable scenes and events are going to become ever more common and ubiquitous. They are going to be taking place, not just somewhere else, not just over there to those people, that could be okay. at Sicily. It could be Southern California at a certain point, couldn't it? Northern California, Oregon. The winds. Meyer had specifically written a number of times about the winds and how damaging, how massive. In, in terms of, look at the, the, this is clocking the speeds of the winds here. So people are resilient. They endure. They carry on. Here's an example of that. Yeah. People driving while things are flooding. Buses, trains, cars, what have you. And if we start speaking about not getting too attached to one's circumstances in the material world, here, (laughs) I guess this would be. We could, I could put on the soundtrack, but it isn't pleasant music. I mean, we have this illustration, and I I choose to let it run for a while, because I have a feeling we're going to be seeing, and reporting on, maybe viewing together, many different manifestations of things. Let's also remember the the volcano in Iceland that has been predicted to blow by. Billy Meyer for several decades and more recently another passing reference to it. We know that, look at these. <laughs> we know that the earthquakes in Italy have occurred that were forewarned of in 1948 by Svath and that they are the precursors to the eruptions. More stuff coming down. Precursors to the eruptions of five major volcanoes. Mount Etna just became active again the other day. Campi Flegri has become active and that is going to be at a caldera. That would, uh, when that goes, it could damage huge, huge parts of Italy. Could Even parts could go in the sea. Other countries, five other countries will be affected ultimately. But these are abstract things to us for the most part. Do you think that all those brilliant scientists and people who pontificate online and all the online experts who are, they consider themselves alternative media, do you think that they've bothered to put two and two together? That they've bothered to really vet Myers' information to know how impeccably accurate those prophecies and predictions are? Those predictions gained through time travel by Billy Meyer with his friends, the play Aaron, hauling him around through time and space. So when they tell us that specific volcanoes will erupt and earthquakes will appear here and there, and certain countries will be affected all the more by storms and this and that, well, okay, I think we're pretty much at the end of that, fortunately, probably. Do we want to pay attention? Do we now want to be among those people who who say, hey, wait a minute, that's some pretty serious stuff, right? Folks here underneath the UFO, photographs taken in 1976. Nobody saw the craft. It was there. There's a whole series of these photos. And we think about this. These people, Billy Meyer comes out, Take a photo. This is the UFO reports. I've he's to something about UFOs, right? So he comes out with a camera, gives it to somebody. The guy loads it with film. Billy takes these photos, tells people, oh, move over here, move over there. And then after they're done, he gives the guy the camera. The guy takes the film and goes, puts it in for development. Nobody saw it. And it wasn't about this, that these contacts have been taking place for all these years. No, uh, it's really about us and our future survival. And before the show, I opened up a book. I opened up the book that I advertised with the show tonight. See if I can even possibly, oh gosh, it's so, the uh, way to live. Here it is. It's the way to live. And um, trying to see what page was I on? Uh, who can see? It's dark in here. I think it was on 228. And I, I decided I would open this book tonight. Not that I would try and read it on the air, because it's a tiny tab and it strains my eyes. And you can read the book for yourself, of course. But I thought, whatever it is, I'm going to open it up. And I'm going, wow. This is at least talking about what happens when people, when you die, the spirit form and the you know the consciousness. Are, this goes here and that goes there. And... He talks about the transitoriness of the material life and how, while we should make ourselves as reasonably comfortable as we can, we have to keep this transitoriness in mind all the time. We don't know when our exit from this time and space takes place we being the essence of us, the spirit form, the consciousness, when these parts of us that are not this flesh and blood depart and move into their realm so that in due time there is the reincarnation of the spirit and the formation of the new personality in a new body with a new life in which we like to say we because we relate everything to our personalities and egos, in which we don't exist in the same way. We, we certainly don't remember our past we or any of this stuff. That isn't given to us, if you will, available to us until very, very much farther into our evolution in terms of millions of years, no doubt, that we needn't worry about it. So why bring all this transitory stuff well, it, it, this is, you know, a great part of the message. We are to focus more and more on the consciousness, on the creation energy, formerly called the spirit, and the creation energy teaching. And the books illustrated behind me, these are some of Billy's 60 plus books. There's about 10 or so in which we have the English language, you know, the book, has English on one page, again, this is often a few to load them up, okay. English on one side, facing the left-hand side is the German original. So, this book, The Way to Live, embodies a lot of different aspects of the way to live. It doesn't talk about how to amass things. It acknowledges, or within the book, is the acknowledgement of reasonable needs. And there's something else, I'll use a word in a a little bit, because it'll be appropriate to uh, our conversation with our guest, William, which will be coming up in a few minutes. So can you imagine, if you're not familiar yet with Billy's books? can you imagine, let's just say 10 books, in which there's 100, 200 pages, pages, That is a book that has all of this material in it about the way to live. So it isn't just about, well, get ready because you're going to get out of here at some point and you never know when. It's all that and much, much more. It's the dimension of consciousness, of thinking, of life, of what this is that goes far beyond any of the philosophies and the belief systems, the very primitive, fear-inducing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, religions that don't have the answers. And for those people who have felt at some point, maybe early on in life, maybe, uh, you know, sometimes in childhood, sometimes late adolescence, teenage years, young adulthood, et cetera, start to ask questions within ourselves about the meaning of life what what is this about what do we do etc what is it and we find that those things for most people who've grown up until this time in history right now that which has been available has mainly been based on belief now there have been Philosophers, great philosophers who've had keys, pieces that are certainly reflective of the teaching. It's not like nobody ever has any of this. But we find that the more we read this content, the creation energy teaching, the more we study Meyer's work. And his work, in many cases, is the work of bringing forward this teaching without claiming the authorship of it I won't go too far into that but because Billy also does claim authorship for certain certain works so at every turn in books like the book we spoke a little bit about maybe last time rebirth, death, dying, grieving, sorrow etc. this whole thing is largely taboo to speak about in our societies, unless it's done within the context very often of a religious thing or a a mourning, a grief, an expression, a recognition of the passing of a prominent or so-called important person, we don't look at this because it's uncomfortable, the uncertainty. And that's because the truth, which has been brought, brought forward by Meyer and the previous prophets in this lineage, over a period of like 13,500 years, it's all been pretty much suppressed. And where it's not suppressed, it's ridiculed, attacked, dismissed. And nowadays, of course, with all of the attention and need for instant gratification and consumption, including of information that's done all the time, without digestion, without realization, without cognition, without contemplation we simply are keep grabbing for more and more well there are things in life maybe you're not trapped in a a storm a tsunami or a flood a situation such as we you know saw in Sicily. maybe most of us right now most of us are not living at the foot of a dormant and rumbling volcano, as people in Iceland, I guess many of whom have been evacuated, I'm not sure if all of them in the area, or the people in Italy, many of whom remain living close to places like Campi Flegri, Mount Etna, Mount Vesuvius, Mount Marsili, you know. Um, We are inevitably going to find the events of life come closer in these kinds of manifestations in some places it'll be more civil unrest or international unrest but these are the times and the times are fulfilling the people were warned and did they listen of course not but that's been the story throughout history and Meyer's known this and the play iron have known it, but they've given over, you know, 75, eight, eight, how many years has Billy been doing this? Really close to like 80 years, 81 years since a boy of five to bring the warnings forward to us. Because this is not just like, hey, there's a storm coming. This is more about human beings having set in motion the conditions for many 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 of these events some tied to what we call you know natural phenomena an earthquake a volcanic eruption but even some of those they have been very clear about saying your overpopulation your overbuilding of your cities your damming of waters, your mining of ores and sucking the oil out of the ground, you are going to pay the price. Humankind will pay the price. And when the price, you know, the bill starts to come due, it will be paid over a long period of time. And what life will look like in the future, even in the near future, it will be different on an ongoing basis. The normalcy bias, which has kept us hypnotized. Well, it hasn't happened here, it can't happen here. That only happens over there. However, we you know conceptualize these things. That is all a thing of the past. And this isn't about doom and gloom. It's about the way to live. So, you know, we have a guest tonight, and guest is a fellow named William Colvard. And I put a link to William's site in the blog, True Peace Apparel, and William and I, William and us, we here, have been in touch over the period of, I don't know, over the past year, shall we say, you know, for certain reasons, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to welcome, bring William on here, and look at that, just like magic, so there's William, there we go, that's the upright peace symbol, the True Peace Apparel peace symbol, okay, thank you. There we go. There it is. And yeah, while we could speak quite a bit about the peace symbol, and we may speak more about it, of course, um, one of the reasons I, you know, wanted William to come on was to speak about things that have been occurring in his life in this, you know, past year. And what I would start out in terms of asking, hi, you know, I'm saying, howdy, William, how you doing?
1: Well, tell Hello. us a little
0: bit about your, yeah. Yeah, There you go. Give us a little background in terms of who you are, what kind of a life you've lived up until certain events occurred and sure. all that. And then we'll get into some juicy stuff.
1: Surely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Forgive me.
0: I have uh, you need some of this water. here.
1: No. Some water. Oh, oh. oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, my name is William Colbert. Um, I, um, I found a case back in 2006 uh, on a site called StumbleUpon.com. Uh, it just shows random videos on my laptop. And uh, at the time, I lived in Huntington Valley. Uh, before that, I lived over in Boerhies, New Jersey, uh, next to Cherry Hill, New Jersey, if anyone's familiar. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, I was uh, a firefighter there, a uh, volunteer, and uh, literally grew up there, had a, an amazing childhood. And, uh, yeah, uh, sadly, uh, there was family who um, was getting older and was getting senile, and no one wanted to uh, kind of move, so we decided. And uh, so I gave up the fireman's career and moved over and took care of my grandmother. Unfortunately, we didn't see that not long after my mother started getting sick. So, um, yeah, sadly, I had to take care of both of them at the same time. Uh, uh, I did uh, run ambulance here privately in uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. And, yeah. Yeah sadly uh you know they eventually uh my grandmother passed away and then i still had to deal with my mother uh she had emphysema um copd so that was a tough one to watch uh, i just wish uh certain technologies was around <clears throat> when um yeah when she when she was uh, kind of getting sick uh But, um, yeah, so she passes away on June 1st, uh, 2010. At this point, I've been around the case for about four years. Um, uh, Already was convinced uh, to a T. I was very meticulous with the videos and uh, the film, Uh, realizing even on the first video watch um, that it was concrete uh, from how... <clears throat> the crafts were going around the tree, not just swinging left and right. Uh, it, they would need a tether as taut as a an ex, uh, an, a suspension bridge for that type of movement to be. I'm sorry, not with that eight millimeter film. You can't erase that type of stuff. I don't care if you have
0: a multi million dollar <laughs> studio. It's not happening. Um, so, well, let me ask you something right there. Yeah, you, for those who don't know. You're speaking now about you finding Billy Meyers' material. Uh, Correct. Videos. And did, had you seen any of his books at that time? Or is this you first came my, in touch with the video? My first book I picked up
1: was the Talmud Emmanuel uh, version four. Version four was the first one I picked up. Uh, this was 2006 and It's when the silent revolution of truth first came out. My mother did have the opportunity to watch that. I was very happy to see that. Um, she, uh, she was the woman. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, everything just seemed very much in line with what I remember as a child. You touched on uh, apparently having certain thoughts as an adolescent um, about life and things of that sort. Um, I had the recollection at two years old of, my goodness, I have another chance at life. It happened. It was very real. It was, uh, I was in the living room on Tudor Street in Philadelphia. It was a clear day. The TV was to my left. The couch was to my right, and I I was in a very heavy, angry mood. Um, you won't find any photos of me smiling as a baby. I was angry, apparently from the previous uh, life. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I walked in the middle of the living room, and it, it was a eureka! It was one of and you don't have eureka moments. You know what I mean? I said, "My goodness, I have another chance." And all the weight fell off of my shoulders like a ton of bricks. Now, I don't know what I – at that point, I didn't think, you know, oh, my gosh, it's another life. I, I All I knew was, wow, this was very, very important. This was very profound. I need to remember this somehow. So what I did, I looked over my right shoulder, and it was a little uncomfortable. And I looked over my left shoulder at the exact point and step of where I had that moment. I And I literally welded it into my brain. Uh, every couple of years, I would try to go back to that moment. You said you and were two then years. I was Did you two say years you old.
0: Were two, yes. Okay.
1: Uh, I know it sounds weird. Not really. Uh, not a lot of people have memories at that time. Sadly, I had a very um, abrasive uh, beginning. Uh, sadly, I had a father who was pretty violent. Another um, story, you know what I mean? But. Uh, there was mm-hmm. memories that, that kind of instilled in me, and sadly, you know, but, you know, everybody has a story, you know what I mean, and especially these days. Um, but moving forward, uh, I, I went – the first time I went to church and the first time I went to synagogue, I remember having – wanting the conversation. The first time I was in third grade, uh, I was at a day camp. I was like, I'm finally going to be able to have the question of, you know, what did I experience? and they dismissed it i'll never forget it and i was so angry with them i was like no this was not the work of anything except life itself you know don't tell me it was a devil or someone trying to p- stop it spare me please spare me this is you're, you're saying i didn't have the memory that i had <laughs> You know what i mean it was my experience so uh i at a very young age i kind of dismissed all of that um Then, sure enough, in 2006, and yes, and sadly, it took that long, um, when it came to that information, uh, you know, I had, we've all had interesting experiences when it comes to lights and things of that sort. Um, First one of mine was in 1998. Um, uh, Let me backtrack a little bit more. Uh, I was a junior firefighter at the time. My assistant chief, uh, he had an old VHS tape. And it was copied over about 10 different times. And he starts talking to me about aliens. I'm like, okay, you know, and he shows me this piece of metal that this guy crushed in his hand and he let it go. And it expanded right back to its original position. I was like, oh wow. Yeah, that's cool. But sadly it didn't stick anywhere in my head for it, you know, in life. I was like, all right, I got to know, you know, what a small pumper is. I got to know, you know, I have a whole bunch of other things to worry about versus what's, you know, Going on up in the air, um, but 1998. Um, fast forwarding, uh, I was 19. My first time I really saw lights. Uh, that was that was something. I was in Echo, New Jersey. Uh, there was and I was there to see something else. Something else happened, uh, and I'll be quick about it. Um, I would go with friends and stuff. I thought I was going. We were all going to go see a ghost because there was a trick story to it, you know. And uh, every time I was there, you know, they would freak themselves out. Anyway, um, moving forward, I finally went by myself, and I was there for about 40 minutes, and then something a, a ball of light that popped up, and um, it was doing some amazing things. Uh, then that ball of light actually got larger as it was going lower, and I freaked out. I turned my car on, and I just batted out of there um it didn't stick with me uh you know i just chalked it up as an interesting experience fast forward to 2006 uh stumbleupon.com uh excuse me my ADD there uh, <laughs> uh in 2006 yes like i i saw the 1980s contact and uh very 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 profound seeing with Wendell Stevens um and it just The amazing uh, detailed information that I saw there, um, I bumped into uh, the audio tapes for Randy Winters, um, which I know you know, uh, who who you know personally, uh, or knew. Mm -hmm. uh, um, And ironically, as I was going through uh, some of this stuff on YouTube, I ended up seeing your face, and then above that was a peace symbol, ironically, on another icon just above. And uh, I said, I wonder what this is about. And you were wearing a gray. I remember you were wearing gray. That's all I recall. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, uh, ended up picking up, uh, again, the Talmud Emmanuel. I ended up uh, getting the Silent Revolution and Truth in that same order and went right through it. Uh, um, let's see, forward, Sorry, 2010, Mom Passes Away. When Mom passed away, uh uh, June 1st, 2010, um, I had a pretty amazing experience. I ended up sleeping where she was sleeping on the couch It still smelt like her. And when I was laying down and I was in, dream- I was in a dream, I was in a little sleep, I felt something penetrate what I would say if, if the dream world was like a dome, it felt more like it pierced through. And it was my mother. Mind you, when I'm 24 hours of, in movement and past, and I heard her scream my name like she was trying to wake me up. She would wake me up every morning. And she would shriek, shrink, and it would go through walls, through your chest, and <laughs> it would just go. Anyway, I woke up, and I would get up at 5 o'clock every morning to start my day. And sure enough, I didn't think anything of it. I was just getting myself ready as I left. And as I got on the bus, I replayed what happened, and it was almost, it was very, very powerful to have her wanting to still uh, be a mom on the other side at that moment. And I kind of thought to myself, my gosh, that's not fair to her. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, go on to your next, you know, you know, don't, you're not here anymore. You know what I mean? It, It wouldn't be fair to you. You know, the love will never be lost, you know, but you got to evolve as well uh one month passes
0: well i want to i want to come in on something we may be able to come back to this and that is because our time is limited and i want to make sure we cover this i apologize something happened to you recently and you you know forgive me I, i want no it's fine i want you to tell people how that whole circumstance started and take yeah. us th- through that too. Okay. So,
1: uh, okay. Uh, I was probably four miles from where I'm at now. Um, I was having a little bit of difficult time breathing. Um, I was living in a place i lived for about 12 years. Um, and it was uh, it, it was just after COVID. It was just after COVID. And um a little over a month after and I was having difficulty breathing. Um and I was like, man, it must be just like the dust in the area. because so I was very close to a laundromat in in the household. So I used bleach and I cleaned it all up. Uh, a few times I should have I should have let it sit. Um probably about a week after when I did it, I realized my gosh, I wondered if I use too much bleach, let me pull it up because I was living with an elderly couple. Um, they were my roommates, and uh, what I did was I started cleaning up the bleach that was still on the floor, and I just used water. Well, when I originally cleaned it, was, it was cut um, with you know water and bleach, but when it dried, it was all bleach on the ground. So when I hit it with water, it, the fume came up and smacked me in the face. There was no ventilation anywhere. Uh, And I had to clean it up. So it was 40 minutes of dealing with this. But about 10 minutes in, I felt a pop. This pop came after um, burning. Uh, It felt literally like acid was burning onto my lungs. And I immediately left, uh, kicked open the door, was trying to breathe. Uh, As I tried, I remember overexhaling and just the Burn feeling was acid indigestion. You couldn't hold a candle to it. it. It was it was literally feeling like a, like a hydrochloric acid or something was just being poured in the front of my lungs. And then the heat uh, that literally took over my whole body was it was pretty powerful. Went to multiple hospitals trying to figure out what the heck happened. Um, I wasn't able to inhale properly. This is when I originally contacted you, telling you about, um, I think I have a hole somewhere. uh, Regarding, you know, I, I, you know, I first I thought it was possibly a clot. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be here, and I was more or less saying goodbye to you. Um, Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't able to breathe in my household. Uh, What I had to do because the only place I could breathe was outside, and I was lucky enough to live across the street from what's called Penny Pack Park. Yes, Philadelphia actually has woods. You wouldn't believe it. Yes, they do. Uh, Up in the northeast region. Um, I actually had to live up there for about five months every day, and it was very cold at that time. And to know that there was a warm bed, only 10 minutes to walk away, but I couldn't go in because of the air that was there. Um, in any part of that house, uh, my nose, my my whole system got ultra sensitive to the point that I wasn't able to walk into any type of store. I wasn't able to walk into the hospitals because of the fumes of the bleach that were there. No one, no, someone would catch a whiff of it and would say, "Oh, well, this place is cleaned." Me, it would feel like someone was pouring bleach onto my lungs. Um, it, it, it was it was to the point where. I was able to know that 18 wheelers were coming before they even came through because of how my lungs were. That's how sensitive they were. Um,
0: how, how that, how, how's that connected? The 18 the wheelers and your lungs sensitive? The fumes. You mean the fumes, fumes from the car- trucks?
1: That's correct. The fumes were aggravating my, uh, my breathing. Uh, every time a fume would hit me, my lungs would immediately co- uh, collapse on themselves. Uh, I wasn't able to take full breaths. I my my neck. uh, I I lost weight, dramatic weight, from 235 pounds to 150, just maybe just under, in 30 days. And then trying to figure out how was I going to combat this with not being able to go to any type of hospital. And then every time I would try to go to the hospital, the pain was so great that I had to run out. And they didn't understand that what they were seeing was not someone acting out, but it was an actual symptom to an internal injury. I did run ambulance I tried professional as professional as I could from from Temple Hospital to Nazareth to University of Pennsylvania to Jefferson um, I think I stopped in Hammond once don't quote me on that but over seven different hospitals multiple cat scans MRIs uh, uh, sonograms ultrasounds nuclear tests. Um, from hematology, to pulmonology, to GI, to, to uh, internal medicine, to strictly my primary care. Everyone's sitting there scratching their head and nothing was showing. And it was driving me up a wall. Like it was literally, like it was testing my balance of sanity. It was really, it, I literally felt like a foreign being on a planet. It was the literal definition of a twilight zone. Imagine not being able to go into a store because of the air. Not being able to breathe into whatever mask uh, that I was trying to wear. Luckily, there was someone from Figo who actually really helped me out, and I love you for that. This guy actually, um, he had to put up with a lot of my stuff. I love him for it. Um, Yeah uh he he recommended the p ninety five masks which dealt with particulates instead of n ninety five and it actually changed a lot of I was able to go into stores or at least for a good three to four hours before i
0: couldn't um who was the who who's person that turned you so, on that mask
1: uh the gentleman um oh i'm
0: so sorry
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, i Gosh, I was hoping you weren't gonna say that. Well
0: <laughs>
1: oh, don't worry, it'll, it'll come back to you. Oh that's we're horrible. Worried. Oh and no, you no. know what? And he, he put up actually he put up with me contacting him and he would contact me, Hey, how you doing? And it would be in all weird hours of the night. Um there were other there were multiple people from Figo and Friends of. Um mm-hmm. I would not be here without you without them, and I will forever be indebted. Uh, but let me let, let me move forward. So, um, having to get up, having to eat baby food, uh, because that was the only thing I was able to kind of stomach, I wasn't able to take a drink of water without my stomach overly cramping. Uh, it, it was. It was a little scary the meditation that I was trying to do and it wasn't easy um, there was a lot of times where I you know a lot of ostra tongue you how you ever you pronounce that uh, um, not being in balance good human nature out going awry I forget how the, I forget the definition right now um, but uh or go forgive me um, but I wasn't. I wasn't in line with you know day to day. I was literally just kind of a lot of resentments come up, you know, a lot of lowly knees instead of hey, why don't we get through this? And there were some people who really called me out on it, and I love them for it. And I'm I, I, and I will never ever forget that. Um, from I mean, I had to put up a GoFundMe. I mean. It, that, from someone who was taught to be to put you know to stand on your own two feet and you were looked down upon if you weren't it really whatever ego I thought I had got thrown to the wayside in the basket and got garbage disposal um, and I'm thankful for it truly um, it really it changed a lot inside of me um, but in 19-degree weather, winds blowing, having only two blankets and a and, and a pillow and uh, whatever else I can carry. I had six bags. I had to walk around, and it was embarrassing, but it was the only way I knew how to survive because there was no one else I can get in contact with. There was no one in in range to be, hey, listen, can I stay with you? I won't. I won't ask for food. I just need a corner to heal. <clears throat> I didn't have that capability. So, I had to do so it you were them.
0: outside you were having to endure a lot of this outside in the winter
1: uh every day for five, from five months uh, until it was um oh shoot probably eight months ago eight eight nine months ago mm-hmm. it's fairly recent and um but um uh, there was a, a a black Muslim gentleman who had a van. His name was Michael, ironically. <laughs> he drove past uh, in Type Park. This is back when you were able to before they put the barriers up. And he stopped. He parked. And he gets out of the car. He goes, where are you heading? And to tell him, my response was, I don't know. That was my answer. I don't know. He goes, well, how about this? He goes, why don't you, you know, get, get warm, come in the van with me. And he goes, we'll figure this out. He goes. Well, why don't we go over to the laundry mat? I said. And I, when, as soon as I heard laundry mat, oh, you got it. You, you see what's going on? It, it, it was like you know, a demon saying, "Come on, come to hell." You know, come on. And I was like, he goes, he goes. Well, how about this? He goes, well, will give it a shot. If it doesn't work, not a problem. He goes, I'll drop you off over three where you were heading. Okay, fine. We go in. I was able to stand it. I was able to hold on to it. The fumes that were normally coming from that laundry mat, from literally blocks and blocks away that I had to dodge, going around other blocks just so I could breathe, I was able to handle it. I don't know if it. I remember you sent an email about saying mucus, you know, let the mucus kind of do its thing, and I really think that truly did a tremendous amount of me withstanding. Um, as soon as that happened, I literally basically just stripped down my skivvies and threw them in the wash. And I was like, oh, you know, let me get right, you know, let me let me get clean, please. And um, it was an everyday thing for about four or five months. I ended up uh, hanging with this guy Mike. I had from the me. I was able to, you know, withstand some food, you know, and some of the, some of the basic things that I was trying to uh, keep. Um, I couldn't go in any hotels. I tried, you know, I tried, uh, the, uh, the smoke, the cigarette smoke to even the non-smoking that was overly clean. I couldn't do it. And, um, sure enough, uh, then all of a sudden, you know, I, I had some coin. I ended up, uh, uh, getting a, a vehicle. Uh, I, I you know, uh, uh, it, nothing big it was 95 though. I still have it and I lived in there for a moment and uh, the last day literally the last day of me having to be there because I ended up finding a place and um, cop knocks on the window do, do, do. welfare check how you doing I'm like huh I'm thinking out of this whole time I didn't deal with any police officers whatsoever now you know you had to and I said, officer, oh, I'm fine. You know, I had, my legs were at the time the size of tree trunks, um, just from the circulation issues. My, my veins doubled in size. Um, I ended up getting a turkey neck from this. My whole I, I literally aged dramatically within in one year because of this. And, um, yeah, uh, I had my left leg up on the, in the moon roof at the moment, kind of like propped up. I'm sure I look like a pretzel to the guy. I'm like, no, officer, I'm fine, not a problem. I said I was sleeping at this point. Thank you for waking me up. I, you know, he doesn't know what troubles I'm going through. He just sees a guy in a vehicle, you know, in in a penny pack public park where I'm not really supposed to be there. But it was the only. He it was cold. You know what I mean? He wasn't going to be that guy. And uh, you know, he let me go. He goes, hey, listen, just pull the car into the parking lot over there. So I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. And at that point, I just moved. I literally left the whole park I was so embarrassed um, pulled off into the street and just kind of uh, uh, up onto the shoulder there um, until I ended up uh, getting a place um, I went back to my old uh, employment of, uh, I worked over at a vape shop his cousin ironically uh, his vape shop uh, they needed someone at that point and he, I was actually a person to bring e-liquid over into the northeast region via brick and mortar I was that guy and um there was a gentleman named ronald uh who actually educated me about it uh beforehand and he uh, either here or there I, I had a lot of knowledge on that so i ended up uh doing that and just kind of fell back into that swing um he knew about my illness he i, I was completely upfront because because I, I knew him and his cousin for over a decade plus so they they understood and kind of walked with me on this I, I truly and honestly would not have survived if it wasn't for the love and true humanity of Figu the friends of you would not have seen that anywhere else on the planet except here once again solidifying knowing without a shadow of doubt, besides the personal experiences from seeing that variation tube craft that you showed in that black and white photo, I saw it on a SEPTA bus in between Ron Street, excuse me, I was on Ron Street in between and Roosevelt Boulevard, looking northbound, having, there was eight people on the bus, Mike, I was reading the information on the bus and I had an impulse to stand up and walk the back of the bus. I walked to the back of the bus, Mike, I put my stuff down. My left leg hits the seat. I look up. There it is. Buildings are going from right to left around 40 miles an hour, and it's there, looking like liquid metal. Polished chrome would not do it justice, Mike. It was gorgeous. For seven seconds, my stomach felt like I hit the big drop on a roller coaster. Not scared, just that full excitement of, it's there, not a light. It's like, you see a Lamborghini, you know it's a Lamborghini you see a corvette you know it's the corvette i saw a variation too without question and my i picked up out of my right pocket the phone and i shouldn't i didn't put a thought back to him like hey could i take this photo and i looked down at the phone hit camera i looked up brick building goes from right to left and it was gone Mm-hmm. They gave me the gift of revealing themselves for that moment. They, you know, they were able to, I'm sure they were able to obviously bend light to a quantum physics, you know, and just let me see them for that moment, saying that you're on the right track, kid. And I'll never forget that.
0: Wow. Well, it sounds like we, <laughs> it's, I mean, I know we, we've we spoken over this period of time, but just hearing the, the story put together of what you've gone through and, and more after that, and sure. you're, you know, surmounting things. We go back to the, you know, the video showing in the beginning of program of people in Italy, you know, circumstances befalling people. And what befell you was really could have, could have, your life could have been over at any point. Uh, and the way you felt, and and all the circumstances, but you kept striving as well. And I just wanted to bring that word. Exact word.
1: Exact word that I was living on. That exact word I was living on, Michael. Ich lebe in Frieden. Ich lebe in Gesundheit. Ich lebe in Freude, Ich lebe in Freiheit. Ich lebe in Harmonie. Ich lebe in Leben. I live to this day. I them words mm-hmm. come out of my mouth at least twenty times a day. And it's there you truly there you a are. mantra with that and um the Salome uh mantra for lack of a better word. Um
0: the meant,
1: yeah. uh, yes, Salome Ganben Waradaga ganibara Salah Hesperona every day. Every day. And I it it truly there were times where I would feel pulses or burns that literally would slowly just kind of disappear to say it's completely mm-hmm. gone. No, but I got 90% of me back and I definitely look different, but that's okay because my inside is different too. My spirit, I uh-huh. might've, I, I know I have grown and you know what? Any, any type of vehicle that's been through tried and true, whether it be a tank or what have you, anytime it's been through something tough, you know, it'll have scratches on it, but that inside, you know, can't take that that experience away. You cannot. And truly and honestly, I'm very, very, very thankful that my life has uh, pushed me to you, and to Edward, and to and truly into you and the friends of. Um, I've had people who I never thought I would ever meet. Judgments that I that I naturally had that disappeared to to, mm-hmm. to people that have um, that I'm hoping to help change, you know what I mean? Uh, you, you know, it's funny. A lot of these days, you know, with media and everything, they try to, uh, you know, try to push the division. It's, you know, it it it's funny. the fa- The faster people understand that it. Just because of what one person thinks of doesn't mean they're characters. doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It's just because of what experiences they've had in that life. You can't fault them for that. It's not fair. But if you can understand them as knowing that they're just human beings just trying to get through from one day to the next, not understanding that the truth is now on this planet, we are very lucky to have this in front of us. Very, very lucky. And, uh, it's yeah. my soul, and it's my sole duty, you know, to do as best as I can, um, you know, to follow through on a silent promise that I've made, um, you know, here and there <laughs> um, to the next person. If they take it, great. If not, great. Doesn't mean I'm going to love them any less.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, William, uh, you're hitting on so many things. I wanted to tell people who don't know figu is the organization of volunteer uh you know people who support billy the the core group in switzerland 39 40 or so people and people who around the world study the material and choose to uh be what are sometimes called passive members uh, there's no requirement really to join anything but people find themselves drawn to it so they can work more closely with other people near them, around the country, around the world. And once a month, there is an online meeting of people who, and people can write to me or come to the blog and they'll be able to find that information. And you are, you know, a, a poster boy for the whole evolution of connections and what this has meant. And and I, I do want to emphasize it. So many people that find themselves in, you know, in in, in these positions of challenges, severe challenges in life, uh, they, in my opinion, are much better prepared, can be much better prepared to go through, to view, to have an even slightly transcendental viewpoint about circumstances at times that they otherwise might not as and when they familiarize themselves with Billy's material, The Way to Live, The Might of the Thoughts, many of these books, which are, of course, all over yeah, the, old, the bookstore. <laughs> so this is, uh, you know, I think it's enormously important that you've got a chance, as somebody who's taken a rather unusual journey here in terms of intensity and challenge, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, years ago, I, I was on the streets for a while myself, I never suffered the, the additional challenges of illness or injury or anything, and I viewed it to me it was an adventure that I thought, I'm going to get out of this someday, because I didn't have also the additional psychological, physical burdens and all, and I had certain things that I'd studied that got me through it at the time. And then yeah. to find the teaching and to realize how deep, how deep the material is. And, you know, I don't have to tell you and there's a lot of people I don't have to tell, but I want to yeah. voice it and say it. And I want to thank you for coming on and telling your story abbreviated. As it may be, uh, you know, people sh- can get a sense, I think, pretty good sense that you've been yeah. through something and many somethings and of many different flavors. And oh, sure. you, sh- you you continue to strive, learn, had the right attitude, endured, and now you have come out of the dark valley, so to speak. Very much. Into, very much. Yeah. So and, uh, I, I will say, thank you very much we'll stay in touch of course and um you know people are free certainly please to comment and uh, you will see the comments of course once this is posted uh we will you know be glad to see, to know how people feel about and you know learning about your own personal journey and travails and trials So with this, I will say to everybody, I I thank you for tuning in. I'm glad that we had this unusual type of a show tonight. We're going to be visiting with many people over the course of weeks who have different stories to tell in different ways and shapes and forms who are basically connected to this material through their own choice, through their own study. So William, thank Thank you you very much. I say salome to you. Salome, I love you, brother. Peace. Yes. And uh, to everybody out there, we look forward to seeing mm-hmm. you next week. That's the so long we give away perspire. <laughs> <deep or deep. laughs> safe and not <serene>. okay <laughs> good night everybody. How <laughs> things have gotten <laughs> oh, okay. so behind behind the flag, They'll trash the constitution mm. and the bill of rights. There's nowhere to hide, they decide to and I don't go along with that. The land of the free, that's the